0: So, um, anything that we talk about, you already have a mindset or a mentality of it. When I talk about peace, you already have an idea of what peace looks like. And this world has an idea of what peace looks like. This world thinks that, uh, you know, uh, prosperity and, and financial excess is peace. Uh, this world thinks that, uh, uh, you know, having the right house and the right cars and the right amount of cars is is peace. This world thinks that if we're not at war with another nation, then we're at peace. This world thinks that, uh, you know, as long as everything looks good on the outside, I have peace. But we are coming to learn that there's actually a difference. We're coming to learn that just because uh, I see uh, uh, what the world shows me as peace doesn't mean I'm really at peace. You know, we would really learn a lot by diving into the lives of people that we see on a regular day-to-day basis on television and in the news that we think are at peace and think they have it all together. You'd really come to find out they have nothing. They have nothing. And so when we're talking about kingdom peace, we're talking about peace in the kingdom of God, not in this world. This world cannot offer me the right peace. This world cannot offer me the peace of God that passes all understanding. Amen? And so when we we're throwing that kingdom term on there, we're not just you know, trying to church it up a little bit, you know, because really when it all comes down to it, there's only one kind of peace. <laughs> we've just come to learn, we've come to accept a subpar peace. We've come to accept subpar peace love. We've come to accept mediocre joy, and whatever the world has to offer, that's what we take, and that's what we live by, but the kingdom, the kingdom does not revolve the way this world revolves. I'm in the world, but not of it. Amen? Um, I think the mic is fine. The battery that he has isn't going to go with this mic anyway, so it's all good. Got some Sound stuff going on, but we're going to work through it this morning. Amen. So look here in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 has kind of been our key verse uh, throughout the series. Verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. The first message that we took, we talked about the opposite of peace. You know, if you want to learn what something really is and how it really operates, it, it helps us to look at the opposite of it. So if I want to truly learn how peace works and how peace operates in my life, then I need uh, to understand how worry and anxiety work. You know, it, it's really funny to look at this. And when you look at our lives, even this morning I was looking at my life in the, in the regards of peace. Um, you know, on Sundays I get up pretty early and I tend to be up before everybody else in the house and used to. Uh, when my wife and I had two vehicles, I would come up here. i come up here sometimes as early as 5 or 6 in the morning and do some studying and preparing for the day and and just be in prayer for the service. Now that we have one vehicle, I tend to do most of that at the house. Um, But in those times where I'm the only one up, there's a lot of peace (laughs) in the house. But it's amazing to, to watch the transition. Even this morning I was watching the transition as people start to awaken in the house, and Camden gets up, and the peace starts to dwindle a little bit, and he wakes up with demands. He doesn't wake up with, good morning, Daddy, it's so awesome to see you on this bright and early Sunday morning. Isn't it just such an awesome day to be alive? No, he wakes up with, I want a milkshake. Give me a milkshake. Oh, okay. Tossing around some demands here. Got to make sure you go to the bathroom so we don't wake up and just start peeing everywhere. So let's go to the bathroom first, and then we've got to get you dressed for church and figure out what clothes you want to wear this morning. uh, He wanted to wear uh, a pair of jeans. He hasn't worn jeans in so long that we didn't realize that they have shrunk on him. Over the last several months, uh, he has grown, apparently, and so he wants to wear his jeans. Well, that's too hot outside. I want to wear my jeans, and I want to wear my boots. Got to wear your boots. So uh, we try to put the jeans on. They're too tight and too small, so we've got to go back to the shorts. Well, I still want to wear my boots. Well, you're not wearing boots with shorts. Sorry. I don't care what you see around here. We're not doing John Deere camo boots with a pair of shorts. We're not doing it. Okay? I'm not hitting on anybody's style. That's what you do. Great. Knock yourself out, man, but it's not going to do that to my son. Not at this stage. Not yet. So he wants to wear his boots. Well, we're not wearing boots. And then we have got to do our hair. Got to get our hair done cuz he does his hair. He just he like he has to have his hair done before we leave the house. And he's got to brush his teeth and got to figure out how we're going to do breakfast. Well, it's too too last minute now. We can't do breakfast now. So we've got to find out how we're going to get breakfast on the way or just get breakfast at church. Just some chaotic stuff starts moving in. Chaoticness. And my wife, she's waking up and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> all that stuff. And I'm thinking, man, what happened to when I was the only one up? Just sitting at the kitchen table, drinking my coffee and praying and it's just so peaceful so peaceful you know and even when i'd come up here you know super early it's i'm here by myself and then you know my wife and my son they would drive up you know at the normal time and other people start showing up and you just watch the transition go from you being the only one in the room and you're playing your worship music and it's just so peaceful and the presence of god is there and it's like this is what heaven's like. And then people start coming in and vacuum cleaners are getting run, getting ready for service. And we've got children running around. They all, all five of them, they want to, want to play the Wii at the same time. Okay? The peace starts to dwindle. Chaos starts to set in. And what I began to discover in seeing those things is, if you live according to the world, you ride a roller coaster. If you live according to the world, you'll have peaceful moments and you'll have chaos. You'll have anxiety and you'll have worry. And then something will shift and you'll start to have peaceful moments again. And then chaos sets back in. I want us as a church, I want us as believers to get off the roller coaster. But here's the thing that I hope you've started to see throughout this series, and we're really going to lay it down today, is that peace is not, the peace of God is not relegated to my natural circumstance. The peace of God setting in in my life doesn't keep those chaotic moments from happening. See, we we have, we've limited the peace of God to peaceful moments. But when you read the word, you you, you find statements like, in the world you will have troubles. (laughs) We're promised this. There will be trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We begin to find out that peace, Doesn't keep chaotic moments from happening in my life. It doesn't all of a sudden make my situations peaceful. The peace is somewhere else. I'm in the world, but not of the world. Be anxious for nothing Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. We saw this in the first message. This word guard uh, is a military term that literally means to set up as guard, like, like you have soldiers guard a city this peace actually positions you for times of chaos. And what happens is, is we get out of peace and we let our guard down. When you get out of peace, you let your guard down because the chaos is coming no matter what. The question is, are you positioned to ride the storm? Are you positioned To endure. Are you positioned to persevere? Are you positioned to make it through? Peace is a position. And it will guard our hearts. And it will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Now, today I want to take this passage a step further and look at verse 8. Look at how verse 8 reads. Finally, brethren. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, things are of good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. The word meditate means to think on, chew on, focus, and process. Say that again. Meditate means to think on, to chew on, to focus and process Have you ever had something come into your mind that you had to chew on a little bit? Have you ever had someone come to you with a proposition and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And then at the end they'll say, on, they'll say this. Just chew on it for a little while. What does that mean? That means to let it run in your mind on a regular basis. That doesn't mean just think about it every now and then. That doesn't mean uh, pay no attention to it until you actually need it. No, that means to process it, to focus on it, to think on it, to chew on it. That's all my message today is peace of mind. Peace of mind. And the thing that I want you to see today is that peace has to first be in your mind before it's in your life. Peace is a position of your mind, not a position of your life. We said this in the beginning, on the very first message. Peace is a result of aligning our thoughts with God's Word. Peace is a result of aligning our thoughts with God's Word. So Paul right here tells us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and guard your mind through Christ Jesus. Then the very next verse he goes, So, brethren, whatever things are good, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure. And he goes on this list and he says meditate or think on, think on these things. I want to read it to you in the Amplified real quick. It says, "...for the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise... Think on and weigh and take account of these things. Look at this last statement. Fix your minds on them. Fix your minds on them. When you're in a fixed position, you're not unstable. When you're in a fixed position, nobody can move you off of it. I don't know how many of you have had a conversation uh, lately with Gracie Matthews. Uh, but if, you've have, if you have talked to her at all recently, um, she'll let you know where she's going. And she talks about it so much, you think she's going tomorrow. Where is she going? Disney World. Disney World. And she's told me this probably a hundred times in the last two weeks. Every time I see her. Van practice, every service. Anytime we're coming into contact, hey, Pastor Mark, guess what? What? I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to Disney World. That's all she talks about. So this morning I decided to play with her because I was in the, the pre-K room trying to help them with the television set up there. And so I'm in there and she's in there. And uh, she said, hey, Pastor Mark, guess where I'm going? I said, where? She said, I'm going to Disney World. And I said, no, you're not. I said, the word on the street is, you're not going to Disney World. She said, yes, I am. I said, "Uh uh-huh. She said, "Uh uh-huh. I said, who told you you're going to Disney World? My mommy and daddy. I said, I don't know. Maybe it's new news to you, but yeah, you're not going. They said, you're not going. Nothing would move her. She was fixed. No, I'm going to Disney World. I mean, she's going without you, by the way. If you guys say no, she's getting a plane ticket. She is getting on a bus. She's packing a bag and walking. She's getting to Disney World. She's fixed. Immovable. And while she was there, I was just thinking, I was like, what if we could be so confident and assured like a child? There is no other way. This is happening. This will take place. Peace is a result of aligning your thoughts with God's word and becoming fixed in it like there's no other option. When you see options in your life, anxiety begins to take place. Anxiety sets in when you give yourself options. We've said it probably every service up until now. This is our third installment Of this series on peace and so I'm going to say it again worry means the Greek word worry there it means this to be divided into two parts what's it identifying that there is a lack of focus on the right thing so just like anxiety is a position of the mind peace is a position of the mind have you ever noticed that a lot of people that worry a lot, worry about stuff that hasn't happened yet? You ever notice that? They're anxious about a job they haven't even lost yet. They're anxious about a house payment that does not even do yet. They're worried about this sickness that hasn't even shown up yet, just because it's flu season. I'm anxious about the flu and I'm 100% healthy right now. That's amazing to me. But here's the thing. Just like you can be anxious about something that hasn't happened yet, you have to be at peace about something that hasn't happened yet. Last week we talked about Peter. Well, not just Peter, all 12 of the disciples, when Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And... He goes down to the bottom of the boat and goes to sleep. Let us go to the other side. And Peace is the result of aligning my thoughts with God's word. So if Jesus said, we're going to the other side, then we're going to the other side. Well, the disciples began to see something in the natural that gave them an option. We might not make it to the other side. We're going to die. Why is the master sleeping? Doesn't he know that we're in the midst of a storm right now? Doesn't he understand that we're on the verge of losing our lives, losing our boat, losing our possessions, losing everything that we have? They all of a sudden began to give themselves options in life. Their minds became divided into two parts. Let us get to the other side or... We die here in the, in, this, in the middle of this lake. This storm will take our life. I can either make it to the other side like Jesus said. Now, of course, have they aligned their thoughts with the Master's Word, with God's Word, because Jesus is the Word of God. When He spoke, He spoke the Word of God. Let us go to the other side. So there is no other option. We will make it. To the other side, no matter what it looks like on the outside. But we know they didn't take this position. Their mind became unfocused, unstable, and they were not fixed. They weren't fixed. They allowed doubt to come in. Last week we saw the connection, that peace in faith, the dynamic duo. You can't be in total faith and not be at peace. It's impossible. When you have true, total, complete faith in God and his word, peace is the only result. Most people are at peace because they're not in faith. But when I get in faith, I'm at peace. So peace is the result of aligning our thoughts with God's word. Peace in my life is a result of peace in my mind. If I want to live in peace in my life, then I have to be at peace in my mind. I just want some peace of mind. We hear people say this all the time, and they're correct. Because here's the thing. Peace in your mind will trump peace around you every time. This is how you become peaceful in unpeaceful situations. Well, why are you at such peace? Because I learned to be at peace on the inside before I'm at peace on the outside. That means I'm no longer limited to being at peace only in peaceful moments. I'm not just at peace on payday. I'm not just in peace uh, in Sunday morning service. I'm not just in peace when my house is nice and quiet. I'm not, I'm not riding the roller coaster. I'm at peace with whether it's chaotic or whether it's peaceful. Whether I'm in the middle of the storm or whether everything is nice and calm. I'm at peace. Because I learned to be at peace on the inside before I ever see peace on the outside. So, bottom line is, is this takes natural circumstances out of the equation. This is what is different about you and I in the world. This is the difference. They are only at peace when the world is at peace. If it's peaceful on the outside, then they're at peace. But that's not true peace. Because true peace is immovable. True peace is fixed. True peace is stable, stayed in one position. You can't move me. So if peace is a position of the mind, what does the mind do? The mind thinks. The mind knows. The mind learns. So this tells me this, that there are some things that I need to know, there are some things that I need to learn, and there are some things I need to think on for my life to result in peace. Look at, go back one chapter to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read this passage here, Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter, verse 21. And Paul says this, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Some people are still anxious about things that have already happened and you can't change. But we still allow them to rule and reign in our minds, and so they control whether we're at peace or not. Paul says here, I forget those things which are behind. And he had a lot to forget. He was a murderer. Not only a murderer, but a murderer of Christians. He was against the cause of Christ, persecuting the church. And I look forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind... And if in anything you think otherwise, God will, God will reveal even this to you. <laughs> Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. that, and that means think on what you know, what you've already attained, what you've already learned, what, what you've already grown in. Think on that. Some of us quit growing because we don't think we've grown enough. No, just take what you know and work with that and watch what else God will reveal to you. Brethren, join in following my example and not those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. But look what he says. He quickly changes it. And he says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is even able to subdue all things to himself. What Paul is talking about here is, Paul would go and he would travel and minister in different cities. But right behind him would come a group called the Judaizers. And they would come behind him and they would immediately start telling the people the opposite of what Paul was preaching. Now, if that's not trial and tribulation, if if that's not chaos, then I don't know what is. What's happening? He's giving them something to think on and now this group is coming in behind him and giving them options. Jesus is alive. Jesus is not dead. He's risen. He went to the cross for your sins. He's risen. And Now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. And then a group comes in and says, Jesus hasn't resurrected. He's still dead. He was killed by the Romans. There's no such thing as a resurrection. And shutting down everything that he's been preaching. And he says, these people, this group, has set their minds on things of the earth earthly things, things of this world. But then he changes it and he says, look, the only way you're going to change the situation is if you identify where you come from. Your citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, think that way. Think that way. Look at the way he puts it in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. if then you were raised with Christ, seek Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. Think on, set your mind. That word set means to be in a fixed position. Set your mind on things above. If I'm going to live a life of peace, I have to have a mind of peace. I have, I have to have a peace of mind. When I can get peace in my mind, I can get peace in my life. But it's a result of me setting. See, we as a church, we, we have relegated peace, number one, to natural situations. That God is just going to take away all our storms. He's going to take away all our chaos. Is that working for anybody? Anybody not going through any chaotic situations? I don't care how much you're in the will of God. There will be chaos. There will be opportunities to be anxious. Opportunities. There will be trials and tribulations in the will of God. But you can still be at peace. So number one, we've relegated it to natural situations and circumstances. Number two, we've acted like peace is, is God's decision on whether it comes into our life. And so we ask God to bring peace into our life and we think that it's just going to be this, this bubble that surrounds us and we don't have a choice in the matter. It just happens. I'm just at peace. I mean, at the end of this, at the end of my first message in this installment, I had someone come up to me and ask me and say, I've been waiting for this series. I've been waiting for this message because I don't know how to be at peace. How do you just be? Like, everyone says you need to be at peace, but what does that mean? Like, we're waiting for God to just finally show up in our life and just take all the chaos away. And now we're finding out that peace is our Responsibility Set your mind On things above Not on things Below Peace Is not a result of victory Victory Is a result of peace Peace is not a result Of victory We're waiting for God to step in And take care of all our stuff And then we'll be at peace But he's outlined it the other way. He says if you want peace in your life, you have to position yourself in victory. Victory is a result of positioning myself in peace because peace allows me to overcome and go through the chaos, it doesn't keep the chaos from coming. Psalms chapter 23, you know, a lot of us know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. He prepares for me a table in the midst of my enemies. Where I'm sitting down eating when trouble's all around me. This is the life of a believer. This is the life of a believer. You could be in the midst of the mess and still be at peace. And this is why it's called peace that passes all understanding. Look, it wouldn't be peace that passes all understanding if he removed the mess. That's it's easy to be at peace when there's no mess. It's easy to be at peace when you're the only one up in the house at 5 o'clock in the morning praying and playing your music and reading your Bible. That's easy. Can you still be at peace when all the kids are running around throwing poop at each other, making making the biggest messes in the world, got the TV blaring loud? Can you still be at peace? Can you still be at peace when the boss comes in and says, All right, we're shutting it down. Give all you 30 days. Some of you will get severance packages. Some of you won't. Can you still be at peace in the middle of chaos? And the answer is yes. Peace positions you for the victory. Many of us are not seen in victory because we're not in peace. We've been waiting for victory to be at peace. But victory is waiting on you to get in peace. You win in your mind before you win in life. Here's what peace does. Peace knows the battle is won before it's over. (laughs) Peace knows the outcome of the trouble you're going through while you're in the middle of the trouble. It's not wondering. It's not guessing. It's not trying to determine what's going to happen here. What's going to be the result? Am I going to come out on top? No, peace knows I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My God goes before me. I am more than a conqueror. What am I doing? I'm aligning my thoughts with His Word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there's no other way out. There's no other option. This is how it will be. That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the lost job, in the midst of moving to a place you've never been before, in the midst of not knowing what you're going to do, you're at peace because the outcome is already done in your mind. I may be in it, but I'm going to win it. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. Go on a little bit further to verse 15. If then you were raised, no, verse 15, and let the peace of God, watch this, rule. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And I love this. And be thankful. (laughs) Be thankful. You know, that's probably one of the the characteristics in the body of Christ that's the least, is the thankfulness. Be thankful. Be thankful. Let the peace of God rule. What does rule mean? Rule means to dominate. Rule means to have the last say. Whoever is in charge gets the last say. Whoever is in charge gets the final word. Here's the question I have for you today. Who's in charge of your heart and your mind? Is peace in charge? Are you letting peace rule or is anxiety ruling? Is anxiety getting the final word? Is anxiety getting the last say? Let the peace of God rule. Look at this in the Amplified. It really breaks it down. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule. Look at this. Act as umpire continually. Act as umpire continually. That means peace is dictating the situation. Peace is ruling. Peace is in charge. Act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state. Peace doesn't mean you'll never have a question. Peace doesn't mean that you won't ever have a doubt pop into your mind. Peace means that you'll answer the question properly. The question comes, are we going to make it? But peace has the answer, not anxiety. Peace gets the final say. Peace has the last word. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God Always, So let's look at this. It says to let peace. Let peace. Let peace. That means I can choose not to let peace. I can choose. It's my choice. I can let peace reign in my life. Or I can... Let something else rain. I can let what the doctor says rain in my life. I can let what the bank says rain in my life. I can let what the job says. I can let what the paycheck says. I can let what the bill says. I can let what my spouse says. I can let what my children say. I can let what this situation's telling me reign in my life. Or I can let peace have the final say. It's up to you. It's up to us. A life of peace is a result of a choice made in the mind. If there's nothing you get today, you have to get that statement. A life of peace is a result of a decision, a choice made in your mind. You choose to live in peace. You know, sometimes, you know, I get asked questions and people want like the three steps to this or the five steps to this. And, and really, it's just that simple. You choose. You choose to be at peace. You realize every day we're given moments. The Bible calls them battles. Because we do not war against flesh and blood. But against every power and principality of power in the heavenly places. You're at war spiritually. Every day. Every day you have moments. You have opportunities. To win or to lose. And it's the decisions that we make. It's the choices that we make. Even in those small moments that determine the outcome. We've got to understand this. And so we have to learn to make the decision, choose to be at peace. I can choose not to be at peace just like i can choose to be at peace you're not you're not not experiencing p- peace in your life because everything's just so it's just coming against you so hard all hells breaking loose you're not experiencing peace because you haven't made the decision you haven't made the choice i'm going to be at peace in my mind according to what god's word says regardless of what i'm seeing this is why peace is so tied to faith because Peace is at peace before it's in a peaceful situation. So, there's two things that I believe every believer needs to know. Really, you need to know these things the second you come into the kingdom. And if you've been in church for a long time and no one's ever told you this and no one's ever explained this to you, I'm sorry. I apologize on behalf of all of them, but you must know, you need to know these two things if you're going to operate as a believer. And these things will help you operate in peace. These things will help you operate in joy. These things will fulfill and make your life full in the kingdom of God. There's two things you have to know. Number one, as a believer, you need to know who God is. I believe that we don't see peace in our lives because we just don't know who God is we don't know who he really is a couple years ago I did a message called if I did a series called if because that's how a lot of people see God if he's big enough, if he's strong enough if he wants to if he can, if he will God is not an if God. If anything, he turns the if around on us and says, if you can believe. Right? Isn't that what the dad did to Jesus? If you can heal my son, if. If you can believe, I can heal your son. All things are possible to those who can believe. God's not an if God. God is an I will God. I will, and I am, and I can, and I want to. That's the God that I serve. So we've got to know who He is. You've got to know what He wants for you. You've got to know the promises that He has for you. You've got to know the blessings that He has laid out for you. You've got to know the victory that He wants you to walk in. You've got to know who your Father is. Number two. You have to know who you are in Christ. you got to know who you are in Christ. you got to know who He is. Another way to put this is you got to know who you are in relation to the Father. you got to know who the Father is, and you got to know who you are. You're not someone on the outskirts that has to beg and plead with God, please show up, please do this, if you can, if you will, if you want to. If I'm worthy enough? No, you got to know you are a son and daughter of the King, which makes you royalty. You are seated in heavenly places with Jesus above all principality, power, might, and dominion. You are seated with authority. You reign in the earth. You got to know who you are in Christ. We just saw it in Colossians chapter three, verse three says, and your life is hidden. With Christ. That means when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. See, there's some things i got to know. Some things i got to learn. There's some things I've got to identify and come to learn and come to know in my life. And then once I learn it, I have to think about it. Once you learn who you are in Christ, quit learning, quit thinking about who you are in the world. Because who you are in Christ trumps who you are in the world. We're still still experiencing what the world is experiencing because we haven't learned to identify ourselves with the kingdom of God. Well, there's no peace there. You look in the world today, you watch the news, you read the paper, there's no peace there. No, but in the kingdom, there's peace. Because kingdom peace is not limited to what the world is doing and what's happening in this world. Kingdom peace is not limited to your financial situation. Kingdom peace is not limited to whether you have a career or not. Kingdom peace is not limited to if you know you're supposed to go back to school or not. Kingdom peace is not limited to your marital relationship and status. Kingdom peace is not limited to what kind of car you have and what kind of house you live in. No, kingdom peace takes place internally before you see anything change externally. Kingdom peace is a position of your mind before it's a position of your life. And you hear us say it all the time. We say it all the time. If I, want to, if I want to change your life, I have to change your mind. You've got to change your mind. What did Jesus come preaching? The first thing he said, Jesus went through all the towns. Preaching. Repent. Comma. For the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm getting ready to show you something that's different than what you have been living in, than what you have been seeing, so change the way you think. And he's still saying it today. Repent. Repent. Repentance doesn't mean to come down the aisle and bow your head down here at the altar and ask God to forgive you. Repentance means to change your old thinking. Change the way you thought about that we have to change the way we think about peace. And when we can repent about peace, then we can see real peace take place. When we can change the way we think and change the way we've learned and change the way we've come to know peace in our lives, then we can see God's peace that passes all understanding. I don't know about you, but I want someone, I'm ready for people to start asking me why I'm at peace. Don't you see what's going on? Don't you see what's happening? How can you be at peace right now? Because I'm at peace in here. I'm not ignorant of the situation. I'm at peace in spite of the situation. That's kingdom peace. Amen? Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. We make the choice to let peace, let peace, let peace. We let peace rule, reign, dictate our lives. It has the final say. Our peace has the final say. In our lives. Anxiety doesn't have the final say. The world doesn't have the final say. Our parents don't have the final say. Our job doesn't have the final say. Nothing in this world gets the final say. We operate in peace as a result of aligning our thoughts with your word. And we become fixed. We become uh, stable. We become immovable. Nothing will shake us. Father, we thank you that we can see peace. In our lives, regardless of what we see around us, and Father, we'll become a light to this world. It'll be identified that we are a people of a different kingdom, a different world, a different country. Not that we ignore what's going on, but we know that there's something greater going on. Father, we love you and we thank you. This morning, we thank you for this word. We put this word to practice. We choose. We make the decision to be at peace in our lives. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. Our ushers are beginning to move now. If you need an offering envelope, please raise your hand real high and our ushers will get you one. We appreciate your uh, tithe, your offering, your contribution to the kingdom of God. Amen. It is a, a blessing to serve with you. And I tell you what, it's a blessing to contribute to the vision of of God. Today is Vision Sunday. And what does that mean? That means that God has given us a vision. What's vision? Vision is what